Uh, latter rain begins at 9 in the morning and it goes to 12. And today you're going to hear some powerful speakers. So take a little time to take advantage of this ministry, latterrain.com, and go into our, our little window there on, on Latterrain. There's a window there for Thursday night, but there's a window there for live. And you're going to hear uh, wonderful speakers. I want to share with you about uh, Acts 15, 12 through 17. Let me, let me put my, my specs on here <laughs> and read it. Then all the multitude kept silence and gave audience to Barnabas and Paul, declaring what miracles and wonders God had wrought among the Gentiles by them. <clears throat> and after they had held their peace, when they finished the remarks, talking about uh, what Barnabas and Paul said, James answered, which was the one in charge of the church in Jerusalem, James answered, saying, Men and brethren, hearken unto me. Simeon has declared how God at the first did visit the Gentiles. Let me do that again. Simeon has declared how God at first did visit the Gentiles to take them a people for his name and to this agreed the words of the prophets which is written. And he talks about Amos chapter 9 uh, verse 11. So, I want to share with you this, this, this morning because this story that I just uh, read is after the first missionary journey, Paul and Barnabas arrived in Jerusalem. And of course, they are now uh, to tell what God has done. But the first missionary journey was plagued with persecution. A demon in Cyprus, bad Jews and such. And so the question to you this morning is this, why so much resistance to the gospel. Why so much resistance to the gospel, to the churches? And, uh, and of course, uh, if I look at America today, if I look at uh, uh, Brazil today, the second largest uh, uh, country in the world in numbers of Christians, if I look at uh, anywhere, the resistance is tremendous. What proves this, this? The answer here is what proves the gospel so powerful is that Satan and his angels will do all that they can do to slow down the plan of salvation. Now, those of you who know our ministry, we've been going to Brazil for 50 years. And in 10, in, in, in 50 years, well, I'd say. I'd say uh, pretty much 45 years would be fair. The Brazil population of Christians has grown from 10% to 40 to 50% of evangelicals. Don't believe the numbers in the internet. Believe the numbers in the, of, the, of, of, of Brazil's churches that are growing in thousands of them. There are more than a million churches in the city of Rio de Janeiro. Now, in Cyprus, 
a false prophet shows up, bar Jesus, and, and tries to stop the gospel from reaching Sergius, the proconsul, or the, or the, or the governor of the, of the state of Cyprus. Uh, in Syria, the Jews stir the devout and honorable uh, women and chief men of the city and raise persecution on Paul and Barnabas. And in Arcanian, they stoned Paul. In Lystra, after Paul had uh, healed a crippled man, they, they, they lift their voices and said, The gods are come down in the form of men. Uh, you know, uh, called Paul, Mercury's and Barnabas, Jupiter. After stoning Paul and Barnabas, they removed their bodies out of the city, supposing them to be dead. In Syria, they preached the gospel, moving to Pamphylia and then Perga, there to Antioch. So bringing the gospel to thousands of them, you begin to see not only persecution. Now, is that true in America today? Is, is that something that's happened in America today that, that, that you would say that Christians are, well, churches are being, are being penalized for having church services? Even, even sitting uh, seven feet apart. But football games and basketball games are just going on and they're allowed to play. They're allowed to, allowed to, to have the game. But a church that has a thousand seats, they don't allow them even to be separated from each other. And so, is, is there a persecution against the Christian church? Well, if you think about the forces of abortion in America today, uh, it is organized. And I want you to know that every dollar that you have that pay taxes are financing uh, uh, abortion without you approving it. Uh, abortion and marriage is now between men and men. Women and women. Even though marriage is a Christian institution started by God in the Bible. So what is happening in the world today? The media is so against Christianity. If you go to Rio de Janeiro, you're going to find that the liberal media is against the Christian church that grows without stopping. In Brazil, these days, more than 45% are evangelicals. And uh, there's a tremendous move. Even the Internet gives us the wrong number. So, uh, what is that is happening? After Paul finished his ministry, bringing thousands to Christ, in these areas that he visited on the first missionary journey, established churches there. And on Acts 15.23 it says, He ordained pastors over those churches. After Derb, Paul and Barnabas retraced their step and went back again to Lystra, Iconian, Antioch, encouraging the churches. After they had finished, they went back again. Back where they tried to stone him, they went back there. How long the first missionary journey took place? About 12 to uh, 18 months. 
in Acts 14, 27, it says, In Antioch in Syria, Paul and Barnabas gathered together the churches. They declared all that God had done with them and how He had opened a door of faith to the Gentiles. By the way, if it wasn't for Paul, uh, the gospel wouldn't be here today. When peace began to come over the churches after their visits, again another attack. Jews from Judea began to preach that except you be circumcised, you cannot be saved. Now, I don't think that the persecution, uh, uh, physical persecution of Paul and Barnabas is, is something to deal with or to be bothered. It's a natural thing. I want you to know that uh, I've been persecuted by pastors primarily, even though Jesus touched me and blessed me. And we have fruits. Bible says by, 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 by fruits is an indicative of the type of ministry that you have. What is that verse? By their fruits you shall know them. I, I don't remember hurting anybody. I don't remember dividing anyone. I don't remember uh, uh, hurting anyone. And yet I've been considered to be a nuisance. You see, there's, there's more demons in the church than outside of the church. But God will deal with it. God will, have, will deal with it. So Paul preached grace through faith in Christ. Others wanted to add the law of Moses as a prerequisite to salvation. Now, if we were Paul and Barnabas, <clears throat> what would you do? How would you respond this morning? Because what happened in Cyprus, in Lystra, in Icon, in Antioch, was response to unbelievers. But what the men of Judea were doing and saying was a major attack on the gospel of Jesus Christ. So let me ask you another question. Is the church today being attacked? Is the church of Jesus Christ in America under attack? I want you to know today more than never before, it's under attack. If salvation is only possible through obeying the law, according to these people that came uh, after, you see, Paul goes to the region of Antioch and all those churches, Pamphylia and Iconium and Lystra, and, and, and he began to preach and thousands came to Christ. And the response was, you know, you got to be you got to be circumcised before you receive salvation. What does that, how would you answer that? Well, number one, this compromised the cross. Bible says if you confess your sins, He's just in faithful to forgive your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And today, there's a new definition of sin. I don't know if you noticed this, but after Paul finished the meeting in the church in, 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 uh, uh, in the church in Jerusalem, uh, brought the people together and sent them to Antioch. And when they got to Antioch, they called the whole church together. You know, five, six, seven, eight hundred people. 
And they told him that salvation is by faith and faith alone. Not by works that we should boast. Faith. Look at this. Uh, uh, and so the word uh, to the church there was this, Wherefore my sentence, that we trouble not them, which from among you are Gentiles are turned to God, but that we write unto them, that they abstain from pollution of idols. So they wrote a epistle. We don't have a copy of that epistle, but we, they wrote an epistle, and they, and they went and read it to the church at Antioch, that salvation is by faith. And so, faith is pivotal in Paul's testimony, in Paul's preaching. If you look at to, uh, Galatians 2, and uh, let me see if I can find it with my glasses here. But Galatians 2, if anybody can find it, go ahead. But Galatians chapter 2, verse 1 through 10. I want to read this to you. Then, fourteen years after I went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas, the Jerusalem council, and took Titus with me. And I went up by revelation and communicated unto them the gospel that I preach among the Gentiles, but privately to them which were of reputation, lest by any means I should run or had run in vain. So Paul got together in Jerusalem and called the apostles. I'm talking about Peter, James, and John, uh, and Nathaniel, all the apostles of Jesus that were there, all the, the eleven of them. And he preached unto them that salvation is by faith, and I preach salvation by faith. But neither Titus, who was with me, being a Greek, was compelled to be circumcised. And that because of false brethren awareness brought it in, who came in privately to spy on our liberty which we have in Christ Jesus, that they might bring us into bondage. Meaning that the persecution of the church, of the apostles, was a reality. They didn't come to the regular Gentiles in faith. They came to the actual apostles. And the first one to be approached was Titus. Of course, Titus was an apostle. But it was a man of God who became a very important person in the life and ministry of Paul. To whom we place by subjection, no, not for an hour, that the truth of the gospel might continue with you. But of these who seem to be somewhat whatsoever they were, it makes no matter to me. God accepts no man's person. But they who seem to be somewhat in conference added nothing to me. There was nothing anyone could add to the revelation given by him, by the Lord, as to regards of the cross. As to regards of the cross being the number one primary event that removes sin from us. And faith in Christ, faith in Jesus, faith in what he did at the cross, removing our sins and releasing from us from uh, damnation. But given us eternal life by faith alone. And Paul is saying, I don't hear anybody else. I don't want to talk to anybody else. Uh, and I know there is people here in Jerusalem that are coming. And so, look. If I'm being persecuted as a little nothing here in Athens, Georgia, by people of the church that uh, diminishes and 
condemns our ministry. Think about what the disciples went through. They were the disciples of Jesus. And so you as a Christian today have to get ready for this. Because it's going to come. It's going to come to your house. It's going to come to your business. It's going to come and you need to stand firm. Do like Paul. It makes no matter to me. I'm not going to consider. Oh, but you are fundamental. You are, you're, you're, you're very, just uh, very harsh and crude and, uh, and you are, uh, uh, someone that does not fit in the society today because you have to sort of give in into some areas and you have to sort of, uh, uh, become one of them in order to gain them. I'm not going to become a liberal in order to gain a liberal. Why? Because revelation is what you're going Paul had a revelation from the Holy Spirit that salvation is by faith in Christ that died on the cross for us. But contrarywise, when they saw that the gospel of incircumcision was, commit, was committed unto me as the gospel of circumcision was unto Peter, meaning Peter would preach to the Jews. Me, Paul says, I'll preach to the Gentiles. For he who wrought effectually in Peter to the apostleship of the circumcision of the Jews, the same was mighty in me toward the Gentiles. And so, I, I, in other words, as the Holy Spirit of God came to me as I ministered to the Gentiles in all these cities, and they heard the gospel the first time. By the way, the church grew. Now, as we speak, there are 2.6 billion Christians in the world. The church grows daily. In other words, in Brazil there's a saying, every single day, 400 people receive, go to a church and receive Christ. 400 people an hour, an hour comes to church and receive Christ. In other words, <clears throat> there are millions of people coming to Christ in Brazil. We gave to Brazil 45 years of blood. I'd say 229 to 30 mission trips. 239 plus mission trips to Brazil in 50 years of ministry. And so I have, I have experience. I have authority. I have knowledge, and I'm not going to lie to you. There are streets of one mile. There are 17 churches in them. In other words, Brazil has a, a population of what, 300 million? More than half, close to half, are evangelicals. The rest of it is really nominal, nominal Christians that never go to church, or or people in other religions, Candomblé, Ubanda, Macumba all kinds of spiritualistic and, and, uh, and, and Alan Kardec and all that trash. So let me ask you this. How do you respond? How do you respond yourself to who you are in Christ after all these years of being a Christian? I'm concerned about that. Because if you sit down and don't use your mouth, the devil will do his work without you. Any city you're in, you are supposed to be known and understood as someone who has this in your lips. 
salvation by faith in Christ. Romans 10, 9. If you confess with your mouth and believe it in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you'll be saved. If you confess with your mouth and believe it in your heart, faith. Ephesians 2, 8 says, For by grace you are saved through faith. It's not of ourselves, it's a gift of God. Listen, faith. I know that some of you go to church every single day and work in the kitchen. I know that some of you are in the committee and you live for that committee. But listen, uh, uh, works will not take you to heaven. Hebrews 10, 39 is a powerful verse. Uh, and it says, But we are not of those who shrink back to destruction, but of those who have faith to the preservation of the soul. Let me do it again. Mark down your Bible. Hebrews 10.39 But we are not of those who shrink back to destruction. That's Paul is saying. I'm not shrinking back. I'm aggressive. Oh, that makes you fundamental liberal. I don't care what you think I am. I'm not a popsicle for you to lick. I, I didn't come in here to do this to please you. What I'm saying to you, you have faith on something else. You are going to get from that something else. Otherwise, it's Christ or nothing else. But we are not of those who shrink back to destruction, but of those who have faith to the preservation of the soul. Oh, boy, that... That verse speaks to me today. You know, I, I, yesterday I spoke about, before yesterday I talked to you about, uh, about what happens to you when you die. You know, your soul don't go six feet under. It goes unto the paradise of God. Jesus died on the cross to save your soul. He's not going to keep your soul buried. In Second Thessalonians, but we should always give thanks to God for you. Brethren, beloved of the Lord, because God has chosen you from the beginning for salvation through the sanctification by the Spirit and faith in the truth. So why would you do an argument today about uh, your response to this question? How would you respond? How do you know that you are saved by Christ, that you had an experience with Him? You confess with your mouth, believe with your heart, have an experience with Jesus. You know, one of the, I told you when I talked about eternity uh, three, three days ago or two days ago, I shared with you the idea uh, that, uh, that what makes you know you are eternally bound is your experience with Christ. That seals it. Peter and James answer for us today. Read Acts 15, verses uh, 7 through 11. I know I read 1 to 10. Acts, Acts 15. Amen? Acts chapter 15. And when th there had been much disp disputation, Peter rose up and said unto them, Men and brethren, you know how that a good while ago God made choice among us the Gentiles by my mouth should hear 
the word of the gospel. And of course, you know, uh, 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 Paul, Peter did that. He started his ministry in the house of, of Dorcas. He, he, he healed Ananias. And then he went into the first meeting of the Gentiles, which is Cornelius in, in Caesarea. So, what I'm saying to you is that the way to answer this question today, the way to come to terms with what Peter is saying, is that by personal experience, Peter is saying, I went into the Gentiles. I've been called now to speak to the Jews, but I went to the Gentiles. Have you been to the Gentiles? This ministry has a reputation to offer you several opportunities every year to preach the gospel. We are part of the Brazilian ministry and literally hundreds and hundreds of people have gone to Brazil and our staff there continues to this date preach the gospel to the hills and God is reaching hundreds and hundreds of children. Uh, We're giving close to 3,000 meals a month. 3,000 meals a month. God is blessing that ministry. What a wonderful opportunity for you to meet a Gentile. Just to go on the hills and, and talk to a guy who says, I've been a, I've been a, a, a drug lord for a long time. You know, I, I got blood in my hands. And, uh, and you know, I, I, tell, I tell a story about a man who came to me too many years ago. <clears throat> and I'll repeat it several times so everybody here in the office already heard it. He said, Mr. Bonfim, I want to thank you for feeding my children because I didn't have any job and without you I couldn't feed them. And by the way, if you want to dispose of anybody, just talk to me. And I had the opportunity of telling that man, listen, I, I don't believe in killing. You see, Jesus died for our sins. So repeat after me and I led him to Christ. Now, <clears throat> you have an opportunity to go to Cuba. You probably say, well, there's no way, it's all closed up. And, you know, President Biden uh, already decreed that uh, you can't go to Brazil. Uh, 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 Brazilians cannot come to the state anymore. Only Americans can come and go, you know, which leaves a, a big door for us. Because <laughs> we're going to go to Brazil to preach the gospel. Amen? And Mr. Biden is going to allow us to do that because we serve the Lord. Well, how about Peru? God will work out Peru also in 2021. Well, how about the pandemic? Well, how about Jesus? Oh, how about, how about possibility? How about Jesus? In other words, we're praying that God will open the door. How would you like to meet a Gentile in Peru? Who are they? Non-Christians. We're going to meet thousands of them non-Christians. Now, what do you do when you face a, Christ, a, a Gentile? You uh, introduce him to Christ by smiling. Amen? By saying hello, by elbow, elbow touching. And, uh, and you'll be able to have a relationship in missions to hundreds and hundreds of people. That's what this ministry does. We just go everywhere and we introduce them to Christ. We bless them. We minister to them, especially Cuba. How many? We had 12 trips to Cuba. Twelve trips to Cuba. Twelve. 
we, we, we love them, we care for them, we bring them shoes and we bring them a little, a little food money and we just uh, love them and bless them. And, and, uh, and, and, and many of the Cuban people have hugged uh, us as Americans and, uh, and cried on our shoulders. What, a, what an opportunity to be an American citizen and hug a Cuban oppressed person, man or woman, who just don't have any money to eat that day. What a, what a wonderful opportunity to meet this Gentile. And so I want to pray with you this, this morning so you'll be able to call the office. Yesterday, I had a call from Tennessee, from Mississippi, from James. Huh? James Twiner. And he wants to go to, uh, to Peru. Let me pray with you. Heavenly Father, I pray today, God, that you bless the people of God all over the United States, all over the world as they're listening to me. And I pray, God, that uh, they will come and partake of ministry to the Gentiles. And we even, God, ask them to go with us to Israel to minister to the Jews. We pray, Lord, that the power of your Holy Spirit will touch those who are open and available to the hand of God. And I thank you, Lord, that we have not wasted any time in going to Brazil in 50 years. For the fruits are in the millions. Blessed be the name of the Lord today. Amen. See you tomorrow. Oh, God's mercy so amazes me To every generation He gives the joy of His salvation Oh, God's mercy so amazes me As I watch the world around me I can see His from the seed of Abraham and led them through the wilderness into the promised land in boundless love and mercy he gave his only son who became the sacrifice for everyone oh God's mercy so amazes me, oh God's mercy, so amazes me, to every generation.